This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. You don't like the Drake. I hate the Drake. I love the Drake. How could you not like the Drake? Who's the Drake? Who's the Drake? The Drake is good. Do you like the Drake? I love the Drake. What about the Drake? Oh, screw the Drake. I love the Drake. This is Cam Bowen, voice of Tim Drake on Young Justice, and you're listening to Everyone Loves the Drake. Hi, this is James Tynan IV, and I love the Drake. This is George Perez at Cincinnati Comic Expo, and everybody likes to drink, especially the cakes. Hi, this is Mark Wolfman, and everyone loves the drink. Hi, this is Marcus Toe, artist for Red Robin. You've been listening to Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake podcast. Good for them. Love the drink. Got to love the drink. I'm impressed. What can I say? I'm irresistible. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake comic podcast. I'm your host, Rob Myers, and welcome to episode 131. This show is brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and, of course, Robin. We're also associated with Batman on Films Podcast Network at BatmanPodcastNetwork.com. So between the two podcast networks, you can find our show. You can get a hold of us a few different ways through all the social media apps that are out there. Of course, we're on Twitter at ELTD Podcast. We're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Everyone Loves the Drake. We're on Instagram. You can email into the show and correspond with us over books and things that we discuss. You can do that at Robin ELTD Podcast at Yahoo. And we're on YouTube. And if you listen to the show through Apple Podcasts, head over there, give a like and a star review and a, a written review, because I'm trying to use my words here today, and let us know how you like the show. And uh, I kind of want to do stuff with, uh, with those later on, and we will read those uh, comments on this show. And your emails, too, by the way. Like I said, I'm your host, Rob, and this is part two of our 30th anniversary conversation that we've had for Robin 1 and Robin 2, The Joker's Wild. So it was just almost a little over two hours in the single recording that we did, and I thought, well, of course, in ELTD fashion, I'm going to cut them in half and splice them into two episodes so you're getting to hear the second half of our discussion and your listener comments that I put out on Twitter of what your thoughts were, so that is where... All of your comments are located. And again, if you would like to add your voice to the show, send us a tweet, write us an email, and or drop us a line over on Facebook, and we will add you to the discussion of the show. I think that's a really cool part where we can discuss about our favorite character, of course, Tim Drake. So that part of the show has already been 
recorded and what you're going to get ready to hear right now. Normally, I don't do like, hey, this next song you're getting ready to hear. And if you're listening to it on YouTube, sometimes you may wonder, well, like, hey, why is there silence? Sometimes YouTube will silence the music and all that other stuff. But if you go over to iTunes or wherever you're listening to your podcast, Google Play or Stitcher, you can hear like the songs I put in here. So normally I don't say, hey, listen to this song. I usually try to find a song that ties in some way to the show, be it lyrically or it's just like, hey, this is a cool song. So the last episode on 130, I put George Michael's uh, Freedom in there. And I thought lyrically it kind of set the tone. Now keep in mind when that first issue came out, it was just the beginning of 91. So now we're going all the way to December of 91 and just the landscape of music that had changed since the beginning of 91 till about the end of 91 and November of 91, this song hit and just kind of changed all of my favorite hair metal bands and everything like that. So I think you know what this is going to be. Does it fit in with the show? No. But as you'll hear Terrence say, from the publication standpoint of what 91 looked like the beginning of January or the December of 90 going in when Robin 1 was released, when the tail end of those issues were still in 91, that by the time you get to December of 91, when Robin 2 Joker's Wild came out, the way that they were publishing comics had greatly changed. We were into the foil cover and embossed. No, it's just the same year that the way comics are being consumed greatly changed. It's all about the covers and the variant covers and all that stuff. And I'm a sucker for music as well. So music changed uh, by this genre of music. So you can guess what it's going to be. So we'll go into it. You know the song. As soon as you hear the black, the black, the black, you know, the drum thing that I'm trying to do right there, you know instantly what the song is. And Weird Al even did a parody of it. So here we go. Thanks for listening and welcome to the show.
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Feels good. Feels good. Hello, greetings, and hi there. This is the Hit Speaks Podcast. Hey there, true believers. Welcome to the Task Force X Headcast. G.I. Joe, the real American Headcast, is the code name for Aaron's daring, highly trained Headcast. My name is Aaron Moss, and this is the Starman Manhunter Adventure Hour. You have to do Hello, my name is Alexis Mox. This is my show called Alexis Beat. And all of these shows can be found on the Headcast Network. Look for it on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Also on Facebook by looking for the Headcast Networks. All of the great Headcasts that you love on one convenient feed. Look for it. The Head Cast Network. See you there. Let's jump to Robin 2. So if Robin 1 was underprinted, DC decided, well, we're not going to do that the second time. And like Terrence said, by the time we get to oh Robin... My gosh. Robin 2, like... It is a different world. <laughs> yeah. uh, it might as well be a new year, because by the time you get to December 1991, it is foil, cover, hologram, embossed. I have the... Grab it right here. I have Robin 2, the Joker's Wild, deluxe collector's box set with all of the variants, hologram trading cards, slipcase that is like... One of those fancy chrome-looking stickers where you see all the different oh, colors of the yeah. rainbow. Go- yeah, this nice little... I actually have two copies of this. One that I bought day of, because, you know, Rob is always a sucker. And uh, one that I got sealed that a buddy of mine uh, sold me for... Um, surprise, I got it for 30 bucks. But, uh, yeah, so having all of these issues... I remember thinking, what am I going to do with all these issues? But yeah, and, so- and set the stage... So Robin One comes out just months earlier, same year, sold out, right? A week later, it's a $10 book, right? So idiots like me are thinking, oh, man, if I buy how many copies of... You know, Robin Two Number One. Can I get and sell the next week for ten dollars? I'll be a, a millionaire by golly, right? So you got people like me telling the comic guy, like, "Oh yeah, put me down for two of each cover." Uh, you know what? Put me down for three. I'll, I'll read one. I'll keep one, and I'll sell one. Yeah, I'm a genius, right? Plus, in '89, when Batman. Tim Burton's Batman came out, right? The sales of Batman comics went through the roof. I think yeah, I've seen in one of the interviews where like, we didn't have enough paper to print all the comics, right? <laughs> so now you've got Robin 2 coming out, and everyone's thinking, oh, yeah, this is going to be just like it was a couple months ago. And you've got Batman Returns coming out right around the corner just a couple months away. So everyone's thinking, like, this is just going to sell like crazy. And it, I think it sold well, but not as well as comic shops or plus i think what is it a dollar or a dollar 50 or something so it wasn't i just i just slid one of the issues out it is there's at least what four there's four variants one dollar thing right yeah one dollar and fifty cents and each 
And East so to buy an extra copy is four didn't... issues. So number one, it has four issues. Number two has four issues, et cetera, et cetera. So where series stand. one went five issues, this went four, but they mm-hmm. doubled the issues. And it came out every other week. It came out, you know. So, yeah, there was – I was telling Rob, like, there were so many unsold copies of these books in the stores. And still are. It wasn't funny. You can yeah. still drive and now, get them. Yeah, I said every said time we went to Toys R Us, and a, every multi-pack in Toys R Us had at least one Robin to the Joker's Wild in there. Yeah, and still, yeah. like you said, at Ollie's. I mean, every time like you, you'd see these comic book stores, they'd be like, yeah, free comic giveaway. Yeah. You know, it, they'd be like, yeah, which yeah. Jo- Robin to Joker's I've, Wild do you want? Yeah, yep. so like I was saying earlier, like even as a kid, I have so, I haven't, I, I should find them and lay them out. I have so many copies of this like um and I've, i think i've heard andy de genova talk about this on the holy Batcast before too because every time my dad you know my dad's a big you know flea market guy and a big like you know hunt, hunting hunting kind of guy like treasure hunting kind of guy and um like a picker american picker before i, you know, oh, yep, I even yep. knew there was such thing but like but yeah like that plus comic book stores plus whatever like every time he would go out he would come back with like, "Hey, I found some Batman stuff," and it would be like twenty copies of Robin Two or whatever. Like, and I would, he would always <laughs> yeah. come back with another copy. He's like, "Do you have this? Do you have this?" Or it's like, "Wow!" And I'd be, I'd be like, "It's yeah, oh, oh, it's the same comic." That was the first time I. I'm pretty sure that was the first time I found out what a variant even was. I was like, "Oh, it's the yeah. same comic, but it's it's just got a different cover." That's weird. It's like there must have, and it was of course it was years later. You know, there were still comics everywhere, and so every time we would go out to another shop or something, or he would go to a shop and come back and be like, here's more, <laughs> I found more of these Batman comics, and I've got so many, so many of these, so many. Yeah. I know I must have told Rob, did Ryan, I ever tell you the story of my grandfather, who was a picker like that with the baseball cards? No. So where Topps Baseball Company is, their office or plant or whatever was very close to where my grandfather lived in New York. They may have more, I don't know, but I know like the address and stuff on the packages were was around there. Hmm. So he would like dumpster dive and stuff there oh, all man. around. He was he was a major garbage picker. It was it, my, he tells my dad he's like, oh, I've I got a giant bag of baseball cards for me and my brother, right? And um, we were like, I don't, we were like eight or nine or ten, like around that age where you get really excited about stuff. And we were really into baseball and really into cards. So we're like, oh my goodness, baseball oh my cards, right? yeah. <laughs> and 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 my dad brings home this giant bag filled with baseball cards, and we're just like losing our mind, like, oh my god, look, oh my god, right? We open it up, every single card was the same card. It was a John Cruck on the Philadelphia <laughs> Phillies, like nineteen eighty. Seven, you know, like, like every groups, single card. It's just like the yeah. same, like, like wallpaper. They, somebody, somebody at the plant must have hit the wrong button, and instead of printing, you know, ten sheets, printed five thousand or something. I don't know what. Like then they threw them out, and like every single card. And we went through every card, like, no, there's got to be a Reggie Jackson in here. No, there's got to be, there's got to <laughs> be a Mickey Mantle somewhere. No, John Crook. We had like five thousand John Crook cards. We would build like houses out of them and shoot them down with rubber bands and just like That's flick them around, and set them on fire. Yeah. So yeah, that, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so, so that was like the Robin two of it, of the day. Yeah, <laughs> That's amazing. I think out of the two issues, I think Robin two is still probably one of my favorite, aside from Lonely Place. But there's just there's something cool about seeing Tim Drake go up against the Joker 
Batman, one of Batman's number one arch nemesis, and to know what had happened to the previous Robin. Thinking like, all right, you know, Jason Todd didn't escape the Joker. Like, how how is the new Robin that's only recently back from China for, okay, well, let's say a year, probably not in comic time, but as long as we had been reading comics up to this point. So there was, it was only a four-issue miniseries. Like, I just remember, like, reading these issues and just, like, kind of wait on bated breath from like month to month going, Oh my gosh, you know, how, how is Tim going to be able to uh, fend off the Joker and keep the city safe? So I think just being in this time, like you said, like the whole comic industry had, I would say turned upside down, went completely sideways and how they were publishing and kind of feeding all of us. But I remember just being really excited at this point, like, I was into it full full steam ahead. I was buying not only Robin, but you know, I was buying Green Lanterns and Supermans and Aquamans and just kind of getting inundated with a whole bunch of stuff. But this was one of those like when I got to the end of this mini series, I was like, I'm ready for an ongoing Robin series. I think you can do it and talking to Joe, my comic guy, just, you know, eleven months later, he's like Okay, he's like, I think it might be a fluke that Robin has two good series. He's like, I, I don't know if there's still that much interest, you know, in it. Because then he was pointing out to the wall of like, look at all these issues. And I was going, yeah, but it's the same issue. And, you know, there's variant different covers. I think I probably said variant, but you know, it was multiple covers or whatever. But I just remember being really satisfied at the end of this and was ready for some Batman and Robin adventures and really, really wanting a solo series. So what were your thoughts, Terrence of did you, did you like this more than the first one? Do you like it equal to, uh, what are some, your takeaways from this, uh, Joker two? So first takeaway, one of my all time favorite covers that freaks me out is doesn't even have a hologram in it, but in issue number two, there's a, I think it's the newsstand variant where the Joker is like a dentist and the, he's got oh, this oh, the yeah. computer guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the computer guy's got his mouth open, and the, like the look on this guy's face. And I'm not sure who who did that. It, it looks a little Brian Bolin esque, but I don't think it is Brian Bolin. That cover freaked me out. And then when you get into the issue, and he's actually like in the dentist uniform and stuff, <laughs> or you know, scrubs, and he's like injecting guy. It's not quite what the cover is, but it's it was at least a somewhat of a payoff. One thing that really stands out to me is like how different the Joker is in this series. Because this is the Joker that I first started reading. So he's not really a, a mass murderer like he is nowadays where he just kills everyone yeah. left and right like like scott snyder and uh tom king have kind of made him out to be like the body count's pretty low like in the first issue the only guy that gets killed is the one pretending to be the joker's mother and i think he gets shot by the police you know the second issue you know i don't think i don't think he kills anybody in the second issue you know or he tries to kill that that woman but robin yeah. saves him but but it's not an insane body count and it, definitely it's not and i love heath ledger's performance and i love that take on it and i love having multiple takes on it so i'm not you know uh, criticizing the dark knight but this joker doesn't love batman this joker doesn't think He's batman completes me yeah, yeah this joker's like batman is a nuisance i could be the king of gotham <clears throat> this jerk in the bat suit keeps messing it up now i love how they 
put that twist on it. I love all different takes on it. So I love both of these, but this is not that Joker and that's not the Joker Batman relationship. And I don't think in 1991, you know, or in the, the late 80s and 90s when this Joker was around that the comic reader or anybody was that sophisticated to get that kind of a relationship in this type of comic here. But I actually really, there's something really charming about this Joker that I like where it's not like he's going to just murder everybody and it's not that brutality and it's... Well, he it's murders kind of, Mr. Uh, Freeze. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm the one who tells the jokes here, you know, yeah. Um, <laughs> that stood out to me. And then I forget what else I was going to say. Oh, okay. So what I like too is Robin goes toe-to-toe with the Joker, but it's not like... We never get like, oh, I'm... I'm just as good as Batman. I can beat the Joker or we don't get yeah. the I'm going to prove that I'm better than that Jason Todd guy. We get this like, oh, crap, I'm in over my head. How can I trick Joker to think Batman's still around? Let me get this this hologram. Let me let me. My mission is to make the Joker think Batman's going to get him. It's a good twist on it. And at the end, spoilers, you've had 30 years to read it. It's your own fault. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Joker, Robin defeats the Joker. Or Tim, I should say, defeats the Joker, and he, the Joker gets captured and locked away. So many of these Joker stories end with, uh, you know, the Joker falls from the helicopter into the water. You know, the Joker yeah. falls from this high. I remember we were doing the Bat Fans podcast, and Death of the Family came out, and I remember mm-hmm. the first issue. I'm like, if this ends with just like the Joker falling off a cliff or something, I'm going to be so disappointed. And it ends with like the Joker falling and his face floating, and I yeah. mean, the guys gave me a thing of like, no, that was a cool ending. I'm like, oh, it's so cliche. That's how every Joker story ends. So to see the so see to see Tim victorious, and this also might be kind of dumb in today's world where we have you know Marvel universe that has so many deep cuts and all these interlocking movies and episodes on Disney Plus and everything. But you know when the first interaction between Tim and the Joker and the Joker is like I killed you, like that's a callback. The death of the family where it's like oh my gosh they're they're connecting. Where so many of these comics it's like they. Each comic was like its own little world, and it never referenced anything else ever. The good news is my lead paid off. The bad news is that it won't do me a bit of good if the Joker gets away. But how do I stop a 20-ton truck driven by a maniac? Hey, who's up there? No riders! These days, you never know what kind of nut you might pick up. Maybe I can use my staff to slow him down. Well, of all the bricks... What? You? You? I killed you! I killed you! I killed you! Whoa. Oh. Oh, dead. Dead. Dead! Well, now I'll just have to kill him again, that's all. Kill the little birdie, yes, yes. First things first, though... Things to do, places to go, people to kill. Whoa, he is crazy. Well, that's like the reason to even do this crossover is because like the Joker is a big deal. Mm -hmm. Tim Drake needs to needs to confront a major Batman villain, and what better than the the villain that killed the last Robin? You know, like yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah, and the Joker has always been the hottest villain. But it's so weird because, like, I remember going to see uh, Batman Forever, 
And when Dick Grayson wants to leave and Bruce Wayne is like, oh, the circus is halfway to Metropolis by now. I remember just, oh my <laughs> God, he mentioned Metropolis. And my friend who I went, Anthony, I went to see it with, the first thing we said when the movie was out is like, did you hear him mention Metropolis? Oh my God. And then now it's like 30 years later and we've got like, you know, Batman and Superman in a movie together, Batman v Superman. I'm like, nah, yeah, well, I don't really like it. You know, it's like, <laughs> they're so spoiled, you know, but anyway, that tie back to Jason Todd, I don't tie back is even the right word that's not even a thing but uh to the jason todd and and knowing what happened to jason todd and uh the way tim is handling everything it's just done really really well by chuck dixon yeah and also talking about that world building we're getting ives for the first time in here we were getting a lot more of tim confiding in in alfred and gordon still being a little like mis mistrusting of tim like all right when's your When's your mentor, when's your teacher going to show up? And in these four issues, there's just a lot that's being built around. And I, I had the same thing. And thoughts. Tim's father, too. There's yeah. a, a really touching scene in the fourth issue, the beginning, with uh, Tim's dad, who's incapacitated in the hospital and everything. So, yeah, they touch on a lot. Yeah. Again, I, I still really like this issue. And I just flipped to the page where, yeah, Mr. Freeze is essentially dead here, getting, you know, electrocuted yeah. and water through. Yeah, I was remember him. like when I was doing my read through, I think that's the last time you see him before he comes back in Night Quest, Night's Quest, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which wow. that's, that's another, what, two, two, three it's, years? It's a while, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this, I mean, I bought, I had the single issues and then I felt compelled because I I have a trade here. It's called Robin Tri. I can't talk. Robin Tragedy and Triumph. That's a mouthful. Right. So it's got uh, Robin Two in it, but the r- big reason I bought it because, like Terrence is saying, like things started becoming wall books, like like crazy. So getting to, I wanted to know like more about Tim Drake, where did he come from, and because I was kind of just in my infancy of picking up comic books, you know, weekly and monthly. So I was missing some of those Tim. Drake key moments. So that was the reason I bought this trade is getting those early detective Norm Brayfogle, Alan Grant issues that really don't connect to this story, but it's Tim's mother being killed. And then as like an added bonus, it's got this sweet cover of Robin and the Joker and it's holding like the dummy of Batman burning. You got Tim holding the bow staff behind him. And I just, I love this, this cover and this trade was so cool. And for the longest time, this was the only way to get Robin number two if you didn't buy the single issues. But like we've been saying, they were all over the place at the time. So, yeah, I thought this would be really cool to kind of go down memory lane. And A, it's kind of a, an easy podcast for us. But uh, 30 years of Tim Drake and kind of seeing that, hey, there's going to be an actual live action Tim Drake that's going to be gracing oh gosh, I know. TV screens. Like it only took thirty years. Yeah, oh, yeah only thirty years. And, like, and in the multiverse, he's like in the Batman too. Is it's, it's weird, right? And yeah. just recently, and I'm going to blank on the uh, the writer, but Tim is going to appear in it's the new Batman series, Batman Underground. Um, what is the name of that series? I'll probably have to put an editor's note. Or Urban Legend, that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, then in the fourth issue, Tim Drake is going to be featured because that had Jason Todd in it. I'm not sure what's going to happen in like issue mm. issue three, but Tim Drake I will think be... it's a... Um, sorry to interrupt you. I think no, it's ahead. a book that... Because it's like a seven ninety nine book or something. Yeah, it's got... I think a, it has like three like or four stories per book. Yeah, yeah kind of like yeah. Batman Chronicles so, used to so be. 
I think Tom he's got his Taylor. he's got his own standalone story that's being written by the woman who wrote the future was it Future State the yeah. Robin Reborn yeah. which I thought was really good for two issue miniseries like that so I'm I'm looking forward to it the covers for issue number three are some of my all time favorite Robin Tim Drake artwork you get a break like focal one, in there yeah, yeah. there's one uh, Robin like swinging away from Dan Jurgens I uh, see his signature on it then there's one mm-hmm. where like Joker's like infiltrated the Bat Cave and he's like on all the big screens mm-hmm. which is really <laughs> cool and then there's the the playing cards being thrown at you which is like a really good use of the hologram where it doesn't seem like really too out of out of place on right. that the Fogel <laughs> one and then issue 4 Man, when I first saw that newsstand where the the Joker's got like the ice skate blade at Robin's throat, mm, that was yeah. really kind of shocking for me. And he's wearing like little like cartoon mittens while he's doing it too, which is like such a Joker move. And knowing that he killed the last Robin, it's kind of like, <laughs> oh man, that's he's he's not playing around there. The other thing I wanted to mention too was what I really like in this series is how Chuck Dixon uses Alfred. Like, Alfred's not just standing there holding the serving tray saying, well, Master Bruce, blah, blah. Like, he's actually, like, doing things with uh, Tim Drake. He's, like, building stuff. He's out on missions. It's Colin he's, Gordon. Like, he's, yeah, Colin <laughs> yeah, Gordon. Colin. He's got his little, like, beanie on to keep warm. And, like, it, I really like how Alfred and Tim interact and are, like, a, a team. And, and, and I could see Alfred out there doing, like, his MI5 Days missions for the Queen, you know. <laughs> it's really It was really good. DC fandom lists, you know, all the characters are in the book, but they list items and vehicles. Like the items are Robin's battle staff, giant penny, vehicles are bat van, and, and snowmobile. I think there's a bat logo yeah. anywhere, but the van that Alfred's driving around, as far as DC fandom is concerned, is bat hyphen van. So Batman even has a van. <laughs> and it's weird. Batman's weird in here. Like, He's just gone, and Tim's like, I think he might be dead. I don't know where he is. And then he just like pops up the last, you know, was it this two pages. Like, the, at the place at the same time that another storyline in Detective has him out of Gotham or something? Is that what it is? Okay. Because yeah. I think maybe Dixon was taken over Detective here or very close to it. Yeah. I love the last. I mean, we've said it multiple times on the show about Two-Face, how he's like interconnected. Two-Face appears in the final panel of you kind of mocking the Joker. And I like how Robin 2 ends says, none of you touch him. He's the Joker's property from now on. Next time he'll stay dead. Just yeah, that whole, that was good. I thought that was really good. So I'd like to kind of turn it over to you, the fans. Hello, anybody home? Listen, Boopsy, even though you never call and never write, I still got a soft spot for you. So I'm sending you a fun gift, airmail. And there's no use jumping out the window this time, toots. The plane of the future is going to make you history. Party's been disconnected. (laughs) 
I had put up a tweet uh, last week about uh, tonight we record for the first time, you know, discussing the 30th anniversary and what were some of your thoughts. And we've got a few Twitter replies here, which is always really cool to have some interaction. Uh, good buddy Jay Oz on our sister show, ELYJ podcast, that we are hopefully getting that restarted soon. He says, I'm pretty sure I read the first Robin miniseries, A Here Reborn in a Trade, which I would constantly pour over and over reading over many years. Eventually, I picked up in single issues along with Robin, too. I even downsized my collection a while back, but I still kept all of my Robin issues. Uh, Javi, the bond is not enough, says I love Robin and Robin, too. The sense of excitement and danger. Tim felt more in jeopardy without Batman, both in Europe and fighting the Joker. He wasn't a skilled fighter and acrobat, but was out of the nest and on his own. Andrew had said, I got Robin 2 when I was living in New York City in 2007, and the comic shops were within walking distance. It was such a great miniseries that I read a few times that weekend. I also got to meet Tom Lyle late 2017, and he autographed issue number one for me. I do have one Tom Lyle autograph that I bought at a comic book shop, but that was somebody I had always wanted to meet and I never got to. Mm. The Stone, our brother from the Bowling Green State University Batman Conference that just we celebrated our two-year anniversary <laughs> not that long ago. It's two years, you can believe that. That says, what a turning point. Tim Drake totally changed Robin forever. The sweet new costume that is now the standard by which TV and all Robins alike. Uh, Tim's desire uh, to live up to the legend just all around great writing by Chuck Dixon series. Batman Book Club, I'm not sure who this guy is. He says, I have these issues. Love the unique card covers for the Joker's Wild, of course. That is Lauer spelled like lower. Um uh, Javi, again, this is, I remember a friend buying the single issues of the Robin 2, thinking the hologram covers would be worth lots of money someday. Uh, Terrence and uh, Javi had the same reaction. I think now they probably owe money. <laughs> hey, and I was going to mention this to you at the end, but I might as well pull it up right now. So when the, the Robin 2 came out, you could buy in a collector's bag that contained for each issue the newsstand and all of the variants. And I don't know how much they oh. sold for. They oh, I must have, about the bag. Yeah, they must have sold for maybe nine ninety nine. I don't know, but I looked to see what things were going for on eBay, and the highest selling items associated with Robin Two: The Joker's Wild. There's people selling, you know, all four collector sets of each, you know, each issue, so four total, and they're going for about twenty bucks. To you know, maybe with shipping, maybe about thirty bucks. So you know that it's it it's less than ten dollars a bag, and I'm thinking they probably cost about ten dollars when they came out. So thirty years later, if you kept it, you might be able to break even. But interesting <laughs> enough, this is about a year or so, maybe less, maybe about half a year before the death of Superman, where they came out with it in a poly bag. So yeah. I wonder the the sale. I wonder if this was DC's first like poly bags like this. I, I don't recall. Yeah. And if this hadn't sold as well as it did, would they have not done that with Death of Superman and that black poly bag that had stuff? They probably maybe would have anyway to compete with Image and all that. But I think I bought all of the bags and then said I'll never open these and then like open them all, you know. <laughs> and I misspoke earlier. The first two issues had four variant covers and then issue 3 had three variant covers and by the time they got to four there were yeah, only two 
two two yeah. variant covers. So I think they probably got a notice from the retailers like, hey, it's selling really well, but we're going to be sitting on you know a lot of books. So there was like a, a downgrade in variant covers. I was just flipping through them. So yeah, it goes like four, four, three, and then two. Which by the time you collect them all, it's still quite a few books. And uh, I was I was really into all the variants too and yeah. stuff, but I kind of got burnt out on it because then when Robin Three, what is that called, Cry the Huntress, Cry came the Huntress, out with yeah. all their variants, it was kind of like, oh, you got to be kidding me! Like, yeah. oh, can we get a regular series? And what is all this stuff? I, <laughs> I, I so yeah, that that one I did not go as crazy on. I learned my lesson on Robin Two. I've got a few more comments here uh, from Robin Adam. They were. These were my first issues of my comic book collecting. Robin 2, issue number one, was the first issue I saw myself in comics. Uh, Michael Bailey, who has been on the show a couple times, Robin number one was required reading. 14-year-old me was stoked for it. I picked up the second series at a dollar box at a show one day. Love both so much. The Australian Adventure says, I wish that Dick Grayson had been given the first Robin series while making it big in the Wolfman Perez Teen Titans. Sadly, a missed opportunity. And I kind of think that was too, but I think there was that, like we were saying earlier, that mystique's the wrong word, that that notion that Robin really wasn't being taken seriously by the rest of you know, pop culture, you know, unless you were reading Teen Titans and Wolfman and Perez were doing, you know, right by him. But I think a lot of people still viewed Robin as Dick Grayson, golly gee, and just kind of think that's another reason why. Jeff Hunter says, a fall of my both junior and senior year in high school, these came out in 90 and 91, graduated in 92, love them. I had a couple others here. Tony is watching season four, said, sorry, I was too late to add comments. And well, due to podcasting, sometimes we record later. And then he then replied, I remember being so excited that Tim had his own title and thought this was the best way to make Robin his own man. Can't wait to listen. And what does that I, mean? He's he's watching season four of what? Uh, that, that was just his Twitter handle. Tony is watching oh, season four. Please. That, that's yeah. that's his Twitter. Oh, okay. Twitter, I was like, yeah. Am I missing something? Season four? Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to s- Tony, let us know season four of what? I'm kind of interested now. Yeah. <laughs> His actual Twitter handle is Tricycle Boombox. I, I, lo- <laughs> I, love the, I love the Twitter handle. handle. And I bet Tim Drake was on his bicycle and had a boom box on Facebook. Fabian says the covers of Joker's wild and the holograms on them. I didn't know who Tim Drake was and was going to have to, to a convenience store and seeing the holograms shining on the spinner rack. I thought, who is Robin too? And that black and yellow Cape is awesome. Tim became my favorite character soon after. And I'll always remember that cover. And then Christopher Dombrowski, cool last name, uh, last comment here, says, Favorite thing, Tim being a computer nerd and playing D&D. Tim being trained by Lady Shiva and thinking for a second she wanted to sleep with him. I think Terrence said the same thing, like, uh, I... Is Lady Shiva coming on to him or something <laughs> yeah, like that? It was like yeah. kind of weird uh, moment. So the moment where Joker first sees Tim and cracked the windshield, I killed you. I, that was a, a cool moment, the Joker freaking out. So it's cool to hear a lot of your uh, comments and uh, think this just kind of hit everybody right around the same time or whenever you first discovered there was a Robin comic think is just really kind of cool to see one interesting thread through a few of those comments and thank you for everybody who wrote those in a couple people like i bought them in a dollar box i was able to get them like even though it kind of 
thinks that my books didn't make me super rich <laughs> <laughs> in 1991. It is kind of cool that they were out there so much that it did give a lot of people an opportunity to read Tim Drake, to see Tim Drake art, to see how cool he was, you know. So in that respect, you know what? I probably would have just wasted the money on something stupid anyway. So you know, <laughs> or it's, some it's other kind investment of a cool like thing. Pops. Like yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I was gonna sell my Robin comics to buy Bitcoin, but you know, instead, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> Final thoughts on the th- we've done a lot of anniversaries lately on the show, but this this is a cool one. I mean, I don't know how many thirtieth anniversaries you can have for the same character twice. You know, in, in the <laughs> same year. You know, is is really kind of cool. Like two of the biggest books that DC published. In 1991, by the time they finally get the stats in 92, like you see Robin 1 and Robin 2 dominating the diamond sales charts. I forget the other yeah. distributor at the it time. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that right in the top was Spawn and Spider Man. And I think for a while it was number one and number two book or number one and number four. And like the next DC book was like Superman whatever issue it was, and it was down like in the 55th position, if that tells you, you know, the popularity of not only Robin, but maybe the kind of unpopularity DC was having at that time with all the Marvel titles and all the image books. But here sits these two Robin books at the top of the sales chart for 1991, and it's two Robin books. It's not a Batman book. It's not a Superman or a Justice League. So I thought that was cool. But final thoughts on just these two books and like just maybe what it meant uh, for each of you guys. Let's start with Ryan. Yeah, I mean these these two books I think hold up beyond better than you would expect from their decidedly '90s trappings, especially as they do lay the found work for Tim Drake and the character of Robin in in really interesting ways both in Robin 1 establishing him as a as a fully functional op- operational version of Batman's protege and uh introducing a lot of the things that that define the character himself outside of just Tim Drake is really important uh and then Robin 2 of course introducing uh his first big battle with with one of Batman's most, you know, formidable and long-lasting villains. So yeah, I mean, I think these these books hold up in that regard and another cool thing, this is very well, I don't know, it's not as it's anecdotal, but I think uh one of the covers in Robin 2 was the first Kelly Jones work. Uh, yeah, for, yeah. For DC as well, it, it almost doesn't. Le- it looks like it could have been a cover for anything. It's just Batman in the Batcave. It's, it's not even Robin or Joker related, but I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. So it kind of is a sign of things to come there as well. So, but yeah, it's it is it's cool to show that you know Robin was really big at the time, and and another thing, it kind of was the first big test of like, hey, like. We don't have to have Batman. Like Batman's important, but we can have other series that are ju- that aren't Batman, <laughs> but are, are just about other characters in the same world. And and you know when we talked to Chuck about this uh, a long time ago, these Robin had to go through three of these massively popular miniseries for them to finally be like, let's make an actual monthly. And then eventually through Nightfall, we we get. Without these series, mini series like this, you don't get the Robin solo series or Nightwing right. or Catwoman or you know any of the other. I mean, this is kind of the start of that whole like 
idea that there can be more solo character series, you know, outside of just the main characters. So, I mean, these books are a really interesting, you know, middle spot in, in the comic book industry and the way that they were telling stories at the time. And, and they still hold up in a lot of ways. So I think that's the coolest thing that it's, it's Robin that really launches mm-hmm. the Batman comic universe. Yeah. Like like you said, you don't get to Nightwing, you don't you won't get an Azrael series, you won't get Catwoman. Yeah. Probably a birds of prey to to some extent in that universe, but it's it's this book, like you said, it had to go through the trial of three issues. I think by I think Chuck even said on that show doing like Cry of the Huntress, he was just kind of like all right, let's just let's just do it already. You yeah. know? So, Terrence, what are, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I pulled up the uh, sales chart. So, of 1991, the whole year, in the top uh, 75 books, all of them are Marvel, except for DC has seven books <laughs> out of the top <laughs> 75. The others, uh, all of the rest are all Marvel. Six of DC's seven are Robin books. Well, the highest awesome. being at num- number five was Robin to the Joker's Wild, the newsstand. Oh, actually, not the newsstand. I'm sorry, the, the foil one. Yeah, yeah, the Rex Sale. The only other DC book that cracked the top 75 was at number 73, Batman versus Predator. Which oh, yeah. was a DC Dark Horse collaboration. So it's not um, even a DC title in its own. Yeah. It's a, wow. At 83, Superman, the Man of Steel, number one, cracked the top 100. That's the first like non-Robin Batman book. <laughs> um, but it shows you here, even at 100 is uh, Batman Gotham Knights number one. So like the regular just Batman title and detective title didn't even crack the top 100. So you can kind of, one, for me as a Robin fan and having Robin getting, you know, crapped on, like I said, about like, oh, he doesn't belong in the movies. And he's 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 from the 1950s and 60s. He should stay there to see him like come out and and be one of the top books and be the top DC book. It was like vindication. It was like, yeah, see, I told you. I've been reading this in in, in Detective Comics, right? Dude, like, this guy's cool, man. He he would be great in a movie. But also, I think this kind of shows the desperation DC was in, why the next yeah. year, 1992, they needed to do Nightfall and break Batman's back, and they had to do Death of Superman. And if you look at 92, you know, Batman and Superman, uh, along with Image, which, you know, kind of weakened Marvel a little bit, but they're way outperforming what they did in 1991, and they're definitely in, like, the top ten and stuff. So it's kind of an in- – it's really of an interesting – time to look at like what happened with comics and why things happen and why Robin and that Tim Drake was such an important character in Nightfall and which I guess next year we'll be doing the 30th anniversary of Nightfall. (laughs) Wow. And uh, because this was, this was their top guy. And in fact too, and and I know Rob's had this headache trying to figure out what issues to do for the podcast. This is why Tim Drake starts appearing in other books, why he had a Superman crossover. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that book, because they knew they had something there. So it's why Rob, I don't know what editor's note, Rob will insert here, which issues (laughs) you did of the the Robin guest starring in the Superman books. Yeah, the werewolf thing. Yeah. 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 And then he appeared in like Wonder Woman issues. Now the Wonder Woman issues were with Batman in there. I think most recently we we, we he was in Green Arrow. You know, you had, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was going over to Green Arrow, and there uh, the Impulse title wouldn't be till later. But DC was still going into like that ninety seven, ninety eight 
time frame, like they weren't afraid to use Tim Drake and other spinoffs and great other superheroes. And he was usually always right in the panel somewhere. It wasn't like, oh, there's Robin right there. Like he was in the forefront, usually standing in front of an Aquaman or standing in front of, you know, a Green Lantern, whoever some of the big heavy hitters were. And it was panels of just... He was there trying to boost their sales. Like he was trying to give them a sales bump. Yeah. (laughs) Like, dude, your book is failing. Let's bring like... Imagine the DC sales pitch of like, all right, our uh, Flash title is failing. Who who can we bring over? Let's bring over Robin. You know. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that's that's just really cool. And, and that's why too, uh, when we were planning and stuff, when we were like building the Nightfall, I kept I kept telling Rob, well, you know, Tim appeared in these Superman issues. Well, you know, Tim was in this year, and we and I would always joke to Rob like, we're never getting to Nightfall. We're never, we're never getting, getting to, getting to not, n- Robin number yeah. one. You know, yeah, and then right. it was like, yeah, we're never going to get to Robin number one. Now it's like we're never going to get through Legacy. We're never going <laughs> to get through <laughs> the virus. Yeah. Has got the, the real virus. COVID has got a vaccine, and people are getting immune to it before we can get through the yeah, yeah, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Ebola Gulf A virus. Right. Yeah. But- Legacy is going to be lasting longer than actually COVID-19 is going to be lasting. Like my wife and I, it's just funny, like going through this whole pandemic, like last Tuesday, we are now both fully vaccinated. Like that's, that's kind of crazy and weird to say, like, you know, where are we going to read that in Batman Legacy where it's like, oh, Tim's finally got the vaccination or whatever. So yes, we, the next episode now that we kind of got this episode underneath our belt, Terrence and Ryan and myself are going, all right, what was the original reading order we were going to read? So I'll probably have to dig back in the emails to go, oh, here's the next chunk of books that we were going to read. So Legacy will be coming back. This is a nice little breather after our little summer break, if you will. Is it, or do you want to do a four-hour commentary track for, for Snyder Cut? Yeah, so once <laughs> Terrence finishes watching the yeah. Snyder Cut, we'll do a commentary track that you can you know, take to your grave, probably, for me to edit. <laughs> it's well, we'll do, we'll do two commentary tracks. We'll do one, and then we'll do another one in black and white for everybody. <laughs> there we go. Uh, before we get out of here, I know it's it's been a little while since the three of us have been on the mic, and I always know... Well, actually, Terrence does have things to promote. So, Ryan, what do you do? You have anything on the horizon coming up with BOF or uh, Asriel, maybe in twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two? So, what do you, what's on the horizon for you, Ooh. sir? Well, it sure would be nice to get that gosh darn Asriel podcast launched by the sometime in this calendar year. That, I know. I, mean, I want that, a guest on it. That should be that should be a goal of mine. If, if things could if things could settle down, boy, I could do that. But uh, but yeah, it's. Hopefully, still in the cards, but um, it's it's still coming. I promise, ish. <laughs> I promise, ish. It's still coming. It's still coming. Things have really got to calm down for me to get that done. But in the meantime, yeah, I'm 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 guesting on BOF podcast here and there, and I actually do have kind of a fun little post uh, that I did on BOF. The main thing I do is kind of like curate the the Bat- Batman Podcast Network Twitter and BOF's uh, yep. Instagram right now. But I did this little collaboration with with spin masters they sent us some batman toys you know i saw that yeah, yeah. and i and i got uh, my daughter nora in 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 into the fun and i had we had her review and kind of demonstrate the uh, a few of the <laughs> the spin masters batman toys and so it was fun because i got to dress her up like batman you know to preserve her child identity nobody knows who she there is you go. so she's wearing a batman mask and showing like uh showing off the 
Joker, Batwoman, and Batman, and those are legit. So I have a video and some images on BOF's Instagram and on BOF proper. You can find it. But it's legit, like, filmed reactions of, like, what she thinks of the characters and the the names of (laughs) of what the accessories are. I didn't tell her anything. She's just like, this is Batman. He's got a jetpack. He's got an ice gun. (laughs) Like, it's pretty great. It's pretty adorable. So It's it's adorable. I was just going to say it's adorable. Yeah, Yeah. you can check that out on, uh, on BOF. Uh, Terrence, what do you got coming up on the uh, YouTube channel? Yeah, so that was my New Year's resolution was to uh, get that YouTube thing going again. And so I've been trying to get at least one video a week or so. If there's any Tim Drake news or things like that, we hit our... People are going to giggle and be like, ah. But I was I was jazzed. We hit our 150th subscriber. How many so subscribers I, do you think you could get if uh, if you did like a special... Boy, these two guys from the same podcast that have been podcasting for, you know, five years finally met each other video special. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to make that video. Always, yeah. always yeah, yeah. search. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I'm surprised we haven't bumped into each other somewhere at like the comic book store or just something randomly. You know? I'm, I'm just I'm I'm waiting for that to happen somewhere. Ryan's just going to go screw it. I'm going to Google Earth Terrence. We've come so close. Front door. We've come so close so many times. It's laughable at this point. Yeah, yeah. Weird too. Like um, when I went to Cincinnati, so my daughter, she you know she's 16. Her friend is at the same dance studio as her. That's how she knows her. They're not like super close friends and more like acquaintances, but they were going, and they live in the same town as us. They were going to Cincinnati as well <laughs> the same week for spring break to see the zoo. And they're big fans of the star of the zoo is this hippo named Fiona, if people mm-hmm. don't know. So they were going for the same reason. So we're in the middle of West Virginia. I pull over to go use her the bathroom because I had a pee in the rest stop. She gets a text from her friend like, hey, I just saw your stepdad <laughs> running and sent her a picture of the car. They were at the same rest stop on the way to Cincinnati. That's and so then, funny. oddly enough, they stayed at a different hotel. We get to the zoo. We're, we're walking in the parking lot, and I hear someone yell, hey, Danielle, and it's her friend. And they were coming into the zoo right at the same time we were. <laughs> and I was like, what are the chances? So at some point, the school year's coming to an end. Summer's coming up. So we, we got to make it a point to go have a beer somewhere or meet at the comic book store or, or do something. Oh, so saying YouTube. So we hit our 150 subscribers. So I, I know I've got plans to do. I was going to review Batman 150 from... I think it's 1963. Mm. I think like mm-hmm. Batman and Robin fight a dinosaur or something. Like it's one of, it's, one of, it's that goofy, like wacky error, you know? <laughs> and um, Batman mysteriously falls in love with some woman Ooh, who's a secretary a or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I might, oh, I might own this issue. Oh, really? I might actually I'm, own I'm this. I'm trying to look for it now. Because I think that sounds really familiar. Do I have Batman 150? I bet I've got it in my. I bet in an Ollie's Hall, I have it. I, I'm almost positive. It's from September 1962. It doesn't go like super crazy. It says it's got like Robin punching a tree and it's breaking in half. And it's like Robin the Superboy Wonder. And somehow like Robin gets like superpowers or something in it. <laughs> I don't know. Isn't I haven't that, like, read every it yet. issue back in that era? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, I think they recycled a lot of stories and. and plot points but i just picked it because it was kind of probably fun and goofy and um 150 subscribers 
you know, one, Batman 150. Why not? So I don't have a lot of time to edit videos and make them all fancy and all that kind of stuff. So it's a lot of just kind of one take vlogs where I just kind of, you know, like <laughs> it, this is low tech warts and all. But I read somewhere that they said, don't spend a lot of time trying to make your YouTube videos like so professional because that's not why people go to YouTube. <laughs> you know, people go to YouTube because they want to see, you know, sort of the homemade kind of stuff. So I'm like, yeah. hey, I can I can do that. <laughs> that sounds good to me. I'm just looking at you know, my comics app here, uh, September 1962. The secret behind the stone door, the girl who stole Batman's heart, Robin the Superboy Wonder, written by Bill Finger. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm going to have to look into my you know Batman like collected Ollie's trades. I think I have... And not the single issue, but I, I'm almost guaranteed because once I saw that cover, I'm like, I think I remember that. The whole tree thing sounds really familiar. So that'd be kind of cool to see if, if you do that one. Oh, you don't have faith in me? Like, yeah, if you do. If, like, like when? Yeah, if, yeah. When, you, yeah. when you do, yeah. Like, if you see Ryan and I. <laughs> no, just yeah. Hard time. <laughs> the uh, thing that I've got to promote, I haven't really said it officially. I've kind of been coy about it. I need a new podcast. Like, I need a another uh comic book but this one i'm really oh, kind of cool. I, can i can i introduce it for you Rob? yeah i know you right to shut up you can edit this out but okay you wanted the best you got the best <laughs> the hottest podcast in the world now half the people listening have no idea what why i'm saying this and they're <laughs> like oh, okay yeah the the all right there you go rob take it away you know? yeah so it is a kiss podcast called right between the eyes so if you're familiar with the song i love it loud that's where we stole the title from and by we i mean uh nico caruso and nicholas caruso of the vigilantes 1939 podcast the three of us did a one off show on the Let's Go show about KISS, talking about the virtual concert that they did in Dubai for KISS 2020 Goodbye. Nice little nudge there to uh, their name and kissing the crappy year goodbye. And we had such a good time talking about KISS, and then we were texting each other back and forth. And I think it might have been Nico and I were like, it was, I'm surprised, you know, we haven't done a KISS concert or, or KISS concert or podcast. So we started floating that idea around. And next Thursday, we're actually going to start recording the first episode of that show. So in 1974, four men literally changed the face of rock and roll forever. Gene Simmons, Peter Chris. Ace Freely and Paul Stanley wanted to become the band they never got to see. Over the next 40 plus years, the music, the makeup, the merchandise, and the loyal fan base have propelled KISS to one of rock and roll's elite groups. With KISS heading down their end of the road tour, we thought we would start our journey. Turn it up to 10 because we love it loud. Right Between the Eyes is a podcast all about our favorite band, KISS. We will be covering all eras of KISS with the various albums, studio, live, and compilations, plus album mashups and more. We will also cover solo and band projects from all members, past and present, while also looking at the various bands that have opened for KISS as well. Not to mention all of the fun items in the KISS catalog. TV appearances, long-form videos, merchandise, comic books. Come on, the list goes on and on. Coming in late May, early June 2021 to a podcast platform near you. Follow us on Twitter at RBTE Podcast. Loud. I want to hear it loud. Right between the eyes. I want to hear it loud. Right between the eyes. Loud. 
So that's kind of what's coming on the horizons. We're not sure how that show's going to, if it's going to be, it probably won't be weekly. It may be monthly to kind of start off, but we've, we're going to try and banks like Ryan's been doing with the Asriel podcast. We'll bank some issues, issues, some episodes, and then release it. And uh, hopefully we'll have some around May or June or something like that. So be able to look out there. If you are a music lover and we're actually going to have a segment called the opening act, where we can like spin off like, hey, Bon Jovi opened up for Kiss in 1983, and we can go into a Bon Jovi tangent or a Judas Priest tangent. So that'll be something kind of cool that's not comic book related, but actually is kind of comic book because Kiss put out a comic book with in the blood. 70s with blood. I think blood. the actual story behind that is for any Kiss fans out there. Terrence may know this. When they put the blood into the ink, that canister actually went to the wrong printing press. Printing press so that blood went into the sports illustrated issue that had <laughs> that had big bird on the front cover so the kiss blood didn't actually make it into their own issue it was on the issue with big bird on the front That's cover amazing. which is kind of kind of funny so and if anybody doesn't know why i said that whole you want the best you got that is traditionally when kiss in concert they're introduced with by you know saying you you wanted the best you got the best the hottest band in the world kiss and then they start playing but i i think i've told you this rob when i saw guns and roses one time i saw them a bunch of times i love guns and roses they <laughs> they have this guy who comes on and he always says something a little kind of offbeat to introduce guns and roses and when i saw him he came out and he said you wanted the best well, they couldn't make it, so here's Guns N' Roses, and then they just started playing like Night Train. I was like, I was just dying laughing. Everyone around me was like, "What's so funny? I don't get it." And I was, just, I was just lost it. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, well, I think that's where we'll put a pin in this episode. When we come back, we will get back into Legacy, unless Terrence and Ryan and myself decide to throw another curveball. But we'll get through Legacy, and we'll start heading back down the road of Robin and other things that come around. So thanks for listening to the Batman universe and checking out us and all the wonderful shows. Make sure you head over to the YouTube page and go check out the Batman Podcast Network for a whole host of other great shows and the flagship show over there on Batman on Film as well. And like I said, all the wonderful shows here on our network, thebatmanuniverse.net. On the behalf of Terrence and Ryan, I'm Rob, and we will see you guys. Stay safe out there, and we'll see you in a few weeks. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake Podcast. This has been brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net. Tim Drake, Robin, and all Batman-related characters are under copyright of DC Comics. This podcast is solely for entertainment purposes, so no infringement is intended by this show. This show is not a good revenue stream. Actually, there's not a stream at all. All music and sound clips are under copyright by their respected copyright holders. So there should be no need to send the Penguins lawyers after us for ill-gotten gains because there are none. You can get a hold of the show a few different ways. We are on Twitter at ELTD Podcast. You can also email in at Robin ELTD Podcast at Yahoo.com. Our Facebook page can be found at www.facebook.com slash everyone loves the Drake. And as always, you can message directly over at thebatmanuniverse.net. So email, tweet, or message us. We'd love to hear from you. And we'll read your comments or responses on the show. The show you're listening to can be found a few different ways through iTunes and Windows Media. Also, over at our host, TVU. Leave us a review on iTunes if you listen there. It'll help spread the word of the show. Make sure you head over to thebatmanuniverse.net. your home for all things Batman and Robin. 
Thanks for listening to the show and hearing why everyone loves the Drake. We'll see you in a few weeks. Take care. Best is